Sorry, uh, people didn't hear us. Um, uh, we just convened the meeting of the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force of March 1st, 2023. Uh, I'm just restating this as I have my microphone muted. Thank you. Actually, well, before we call roll, I'll go ahead and read the meeting decorum. So any member of the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force make call for decorum due to disorderly conduct of meeting participants. Persons who engage in threatening and or menacing behavior may be asked to leave. So we'll go ahead and start with item number one. The time I have is uh, 4.36, call to order, roll call, and agenda changes. I have, roll call. I have 4.31, Cheryl. 4.31? 4.31. Member Wolf. Member Wolf not present. Member Hill. Present. Member Hill present. Member Highland. Present. Member Highland present. Member Stein present. Member Stein present. Member Pamanabin present. Member Pamanabin present. Member LaHood. Member LaHood not present. Member Schmidt present. Member Schmidt present. Member Wong, Vice Chair Wong, remotely present. Remotely present. Uh, Chair Yankee present. Chair Yankee present. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, we have a quorum. We have a quorum. Uh, I'm not aware of any agenda changes. But before we get to that, um, I'm going to recognize uh, DC Price Wolf. Good afternoon, members. Um, I just wanted to chime in that uh, I think our understanding in the city attorney's office is that starting today, uh, members of policy boards of which the ta the task force would be considered uh, need to appear in person in order to count um, for membership. And uh, I, I think um, there are exceptions to that for you have to be approved through HR with an ADA accommodation uh, or there might also be some sort of parental leave accommodation. So I just wanted to clarify that uh, my Position is, I mean, our, our advice is that we have 6 members that make a quorum irrespective. Of um, vice chair Wong, but I would just caution the task force uh, about uh, having Miss Wong participate in any substantive way. Remotely um, that goes for anyone else who might join remotely. Okay. Uh, vice chair Wong, can you hear us? I can. Yes. Okay. Do, do you have an approved. Um, Exemption that would allow you to appear remotely. I, I do not. Um, having not attended the February meeting, I did not um, understand that I needed to show up in person for this next meeting. Um, technically, what I could do is I could take the train over now. Um, it would be at least about an hour and a half before I got there, and I don't know if that's the best course of action in this case. It's it's up to you. <clears throat> I mean, we are at six members now, so we are one away from not having quorum. Um, so I'll let you make that decision for yourself. I mean, certainly you're 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 welcome to join us in person. Okay. Um, yes, then I I will take a look at the agenda to figure out where I need to go, and I guess I will see you all in a couple of hours in person. Yep, Member Schmidt. Yes, uh, Member Schmidt. It's my understanding that maybe the meeting would be close to over uh, at that point. 
it sounds like it may be a quick meeting, but that's just sort of my vague understanding. So I'd hate to bring you down here uh, in this first time misunderstanding situation and then the meetings ending up. Uh, uh, could I, I'm going to ask Victor, did, is there a sense that there are cancellations of some of the cases? <laughs> I know this be an agenda changes. Yeah, so actually that's a good point, Member Schmidt. Let's let's go into agenda changes, Vice Chair Wong. Why don't you listen to that? Maybe we can gauge how long the meeting's going to be and if it would be worthwhile for you to to come. Uh, thank you, Chair. Right. Yeah, sounds good. Um, I mean, I also have a car, so I could drive over as well. Uh, okay. We do, have, we do have a request from Ms. Schulman. Uh, she has half of our complaints mm -hmm. on today's agenda to continue, as she's. Uh, due to the late notice, uh, she she's unable to attend remotely. She's unable to attend remotely. Okay. Yes. So, and we may have some issues with some of the other parties. Okay. So, that's two complaints. Um, so, member, uh, Vice Chair Wong, that would be two of our four complaints. Um, if if we do uh, make that vote. To continue, um, so that would substantially decrease the the meeting time. Um, uh, 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 Member Highland, I'm also intrigued by what uh, DC Wolf said. Substantive, so is it okay that she can do remote for administrative things? Just uh, not vote. That's a good. Yeah, that's that would well, seek some clarification on that. Perhaps there's someone in the room that can answer that for us. <laughs> Since you say Wolf just left, but anyway, um, I, I was going to say, maybe we can ask, I know the, the items aren't till after 5 o'clock, but we could just check in to see if, um, if other members of the other parties are here, um, just to kind of get a sense of the, the agenda today. I see some people in the room. Um, do, do, does anyone, I mean, you, you don't have to at this point, uh. Be here because it's not does start till five. But is there anyone in the audience present who is here for a complaint? If you could raise your hand, so we try to gauge. Respondent, okay. Respondent, okay. Any complainants here? Yes. I just um, I filed a complaint online. Um, but I just want to. I won't. Me. I'll come. I can. If you're not on today's agenda, I can come and talk to you shortly. Okay, so it doesn't look like we have any of the complainants. I do have here. somebody on the phone. Oh, I'm going to unmute them to see if they are here for one of our items. Uh, yes, caller. Uh, we just noted your hand is raised. Let me ask if you're here for one of our complaints today. Yes, I am. I'm the program manager for the healthy housing department with the health department. Thank you. I believe you're on the respondent side. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Uh, we do have one caller who I cannot identify. I will unmute them. My apologies. I think you identified yourself earlier, but I was wondering if you can let us know if you're a respondent or a complainant in one of today's matters. Okay. I uh, they did identify themselves, I believe, as. 
uh, a respondent earlier before the meeting, okay. but I can't be absolutely sure. Yeah, and it's it's not five o'clock either, so we may not even have those people. So um, through the chair, um, if I yes. could ask uh, DC uh, Price Wolf, um, I was intrigued by the use of your word substantive for people calling in. Um, would it be okay for her to participate in administrative items, but not vote on substantive items? I would advise that she not participate in any way. Okay, that's what I want to check. All right. Okay, so Vice Chair Wong, that's, I don't know if you heard all that, but that's where we're at. Um, I'll let you make the call on, on whether or not you want to come down or not. Um, but it sounds like we, we may not be hearing all the complaints. And so that may lead to a quick meeting as Member Schmidt noticed, noted. Um, just to double check, how, how many complaints are we assuming there are then tonight? Two. Two in a consent agenda item. So just two, two full ones. Okay. Um, all right. Um, I did have the, the issue I think is I do have a couple of comments on, uh, you know, item three. So. I, I'm sure oh, that's not. Uh, uh, do you say Price Wolf could <laughs> Vice Chair Wong give public comment as a member of the public if she has comments? Um, I think we're walking a fine line. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, you know we're trying to be a little cute with the rule and take her comments substantively as if she were a member. So I, I wouldn't exactly feel comfortable with it. Um, I think you know I don't have a clear answer, but. Uh, it, it might be one of those things that might be allowed under the letter of the law, but you know I wouldn't be really comfortable condoning. <laughs> that makes sense. Did you did you hear that response, Mr. Wong? Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. Okay. All right. Um, well, I feel like I should drive over because I would also like to not have another absence on my record. So I'm just going to leave right now, and okay. I'll see you all there. <laughs> Sounds good. We will see you when you get here. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you. Okay, with that out of the way, why don't we get to formally considering the agenda changes? Uh, so, uh, Cheryl Victor, are there agenda changes? Uh, as I see it, Ms. Schumann requested a continuance. I believe she has items number seven and eight on today's agenda. So members, um, do we want to grant a request for a continuance? Any discussion on that? I'll make a motion to move. It's moved by Member Highland to continue those matters. Uh, that would be item number seven, file number two one one two eight. Item number eight, file number two one one three two. I'll second that. Okay, so seconded by Member Hill. Any other discussion on that? Uh, excuse me, uh, Chair Yankee, who was the second? Uh, Member Hill. Member Hall? Member Hill, yeah. Okay, uh, I'd just like to note that uh, uh, due to the current screens, we did not, uh, we are only taking public comment in person today. Okay. Uh, as uh, the public was not informed of uh, 
remote participation in tonight's meeting. Okay. So is there anyone for public comment on that motion to continue items number seven and eight? All right, seeing no public comment. Any last discussion? We're ready for a vote. Okay, sure, when you're ready. Member Hyland? Who? Aye. Member Hyland? Aye. Member Hyland, aye. Member Hill? Aye. Member Hill, aye. Member Schmidt? Aye. Member Schmidt, aye. Member LaHood? Has she made an appearance? Member LaHood, not present. Member Pavanavan? Aye. Member Pavanavan, aye. Member Stein? Aye. Member Stein, aye. Member Wolf, not present yet. Um, but is Chair Wong on her way over? Is she going to participate in the vote? Absent. Absent. Uh, Chair Yankee? Aye. Chair Yankee, aye. Uh, six in favor. Okay, so that motion passes. Um, any other agenda changes, members? Question. Yeah, Member Schmidt. Aye. The, Victor just, um, Victor Young just stated that. Um, we cannot have a uh, general public comment or public comment uh, by uh, remotely. Um, uh, could I ask, is that going to be the, uh, the the general operation or is that a one-time deal? Uh, this is for today only. Uh, once we get to the administrator's report, uh, our clerk of the board, uh, Ms. Angela Calvillo, will be here to provide a few words. Uh, but today, since we did not publish any remote public comment uh, information on our agenda or provide that information to anybody, uh, we we cannot allow it, uh, remote public comment. It, it would be unfair if one person would be allowed and it was not generally published. Okay, so. And only the participants in today's meeting received the login information. I see, I see, okay. Because um, we have no way to inform the whole, the entire general public of the short notice change. Okay. Okay. And and yet the next meeting you anticipate it's un unclear. It's unclear. Yes. Okay. We will get more information once we get to our administrator's report. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Any other agenda changes? Okay. Seeing none, let's go ahead and move on to item number two. Item number two, approval of the minutes of the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force regular meeting of February 1, 2023. I have a copy of the minutes. Anybody has any changes? Okay, members, any changes on the meeting minutes? If not, do uh, we have a motion to approve? I'll make a motion to approve. This is Member Stein. Okay, so moved by Member Stein to approve the meeting minutes. Do we have a second? I second it. Member okay, second by Member Padmanabhan. Any public comment on the approval of the meeting minutes? Okay, seeing none, we'll go ahead and close public comment. And it looks like we're ready for a vote on that item. Sure, when you're ready.
Member Stein? Aye. Member Stein, aye. Member Pominavan? Aye. Member Pominavan, aye. Member Schmidt? Aye. Member Schmidt, aye. Member LaHood? Absent. Member Highland? Aye. Member Highland, aye. Member Hill? Aye. Member Hill, aye. Member Wolf? Absent. Uh, Member Wong? Absent. Chair Yankee? Aye. Chair Yankee, aye. Six in favor. Okay, so that motion passes. Uh, Chair Yankee, would you like to consider taking item three uh, later in today's meeting since it was indicated that um, member one wanted to come to the meeting and that is a good point. Um, why don't we make them see if anyone wants to make actually I'll make them. I will move to um, continue item number three until after item number 10. So we'll hear that later so that member Wong or Vice Chair Wong can provide her comments. I'll second that. Okay, so moved by uh, Chair Yankee, seconded by member Highland to continue item number three until after item number 10. Any discussion on that? Any public comment? Seeing none, we'll go ahead and close public comment. And Cheryl, when you're ready, if we could take a vote on that. Member Schmidt? I'm sorry. Chair Yankee? Aye. Chair Yankee, aye. Member Highland? Aye. Member Highland, aye. Member Schmidt? Aye. Member Schmidt, aye. Member LaHood? Absent. Member Padmanabhan? Aye. Member Padmanabhan, aye. Vice Chair Wong? Absent. Member Stein? Aye. Member Stein, aye. Member Hill? Aye. Member Hill, aye. Member Wolf? Absent. One, two, three, six in favor. Okay, great. So that motion passes. We will hear item number three after item number 10. Uh, so that brings us to item number four now. So Cheryl, when you're ready, we're gonna call that item. Item number four, administrators report complaints and communications. Is Ms. Covejo ready to speak? Uh, did you wanna give your portion first or do we wanna have, we have Clerk Calvillo here to provide an update. So I wanna turn it over to her first. Thank you for joining us. Members of the task force, Chair Yankee, Angela Calvillo, um, thank you for uh, this opportunity, and uh, uh, Cheryl, thank you for allowing me to go first. Um, I just want to first of all apologize to you all because you are the first body that is meeting uh, after the mayor's deadline at midnight last night under the auspices of the Board of Supervisors. And so when, as uh, Victor alluded to last week or the week before when Cheryl was putting together the agenda, we had on our board agenda an item which would uh, limit the teleconferencing and the remote public comment at meetings of the board uh, introduced by a board member, which the previous week had been continued to yesterday's meeting. And we had expected that it would be finally decided by yesterday. That was not the case. It was continued until next Tuesday. So any decisions that the Board of Supervisors would have made last evening um, aren't going to actually come until next Tuesday, uh, which when uh, that occurs, I'm happy to come again and provide you 
how that applies to the task force. In the meantime, you have suffered, obviously, in trying to understand how these rules apply to your body. And again, I apologize to you for that, and obviously to your clerks. And uh, I'm happy to answer some questions if you had some questions for me for the remaining time that I have here this afternoon. And if I can't answer it, obviously, I'll, I'll punt it till next time. Thank you, Clerk Calvio. Members, do we have any questions? Just one. As ex officio yes. member, you are always welcome to join our meetings. So it's very Thank nice. It's very nice to see you here. I, I appreciate that, Member Highland. When the clerk of the board has an actual vote on this body, I may attend. And the reason for that, I know this is off topic, <laughs> is because I have been providing advice to members of the task force for years and to previous chairs. And Chair Yankee and I work very well together. Um, but it would just be, you know, an opportunity for me to take my own advice, to be honest with you, and to not have to feel as though some of my advice is disregarded, as I've had great conversations with Chair Schmidt about over the years. But thank you. Member Schmidt, do you have questions? I know you brought this topic up earlier. I, nope, no okay. questions. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Chair Schmidt. Thank you, members. Member Stein. All right. Thank you, members. I'll see you so, um, in a week or not next week. There are no meetings next um, week. Not till when the chair calls me, I will return. Yeah. So, okay. um, members, if it sounds good, I'll probably try to put this as a standalone agenda item so that we can have a more in-depth discussion, not just wrap it into the administrator's report for for next meeting, assuming that. Something gets passed for us to discuss. So, sounds good. If you could just keep us updated on what gets passed, so that I know. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you, Chair Yankee. Excellent. Thank okay. you for joining us. Right. Thank you, members. Okay. So, Cheryl, I'll turn the rest of the, this item over to you. Okay, uh, I'd like to begin with item one, tentative, tentative hearings for schedule for 2023. I have them from today until August 29. Um, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight new cases for February, which is kind of in the low number. Um, we have 15 uh, open cases for this year, 2023. Uh, and we are starting to get responses to re records requests and people are answering. So that's positive. And, uh, I hope to have, um. You know, more current cases on the agenda as we catch up with older cases as well. Emails received uh, was kind of in the low number 2, uh, only 202 emails and um, I'm usually receiving. More than that, but. I guess, you know, January to February is, um fewer days so that's kind of it i have also enclosed uh the complaint committee minutes of february 14 and i have an itemized list of emails received by me uh from uh, members of the public with requests about um, the task force thank you cheryl um any questions on the administrator's report from the members um 
Member Stein, I just have one comment, which is that I think in the past you would list the total number of cases that were still like open and now they see, I mean, I might be wrong about that, but now they're divided among the different years and where they're waiting. Which that is useful actually, to know. But. Yeah, that was actually a chart that was suggested by anonymous mm -hmm. and um, I spoke to Matthew about it. He thought it would be good to uh, apply that to the administrative report. Yeah, I simpli said to simplify things. Well, to make it more clear, I hope it is. If it isn't. Oh, it, it is. I think it's good to have, but I was still looking for that total number of open cases. I kind of would still like to see that. Uh, I, I think what members, are you asking members if she could total them all up? Yeah. So, so I have the total and then the breakdown. The and then see the breakdown. I think it would be helpful just to kind of see like, otherwise I have to go through and add up every column to see like how many are there still. So, so I actually did that and I, <laughs> my, my, my question was, um, Prior administrator's report, I don't believe included the 2023 mm -hmm. ones, which is fine. Um, but when I added up what's left on here compared to last month, it seemed like we're only down like 20 some. And I know we closed like 50 some cases last mm -hmm. meeting, and it didn't go down as much as I would have expected. Um, so if we could just double check that all those cases from those 50 some that we closed last time were truly. Closed. All right. Well, I can double check my chart to make sure that those cases that have closed have indeed closed on our chart. And if okay. they have, they're not cases that I would have been yeah, itemizing so my, in this report. So my comment is just, well, I like what was done here. I think it's good. I would still love to see just the overall number of open cases. Too, in addition, for each year. Um, it could be for each year. It could yeah, be just his, total. Uh, I mean, I can easily add up for each year, but just to know the total number, just would be good to have it. That's what I'm saying. Do you want a total number each year, or do you want a total number? I'm of saying a total. Yeah. Total. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Grand. That's fine. And I, I have a question too. Um, on um, your on the I on item three in 2019, there are six um, cases listed under. All others, what is that? Break that down. Oh, uh, why don't we uh, get back to you? We'll we'll look into it because it's difficult for us to look at the details from a general report. Uh, we'll we'll look into it and provide you the details on those items. If you if you could um, maybe email that to, to everyone, you know, okay. just so we know, because that seems to be kind of an outlier there. That column, that's a, a good question. That it's, I thought we were caught up on the reconsiderations, so I didn't know we still had six, potentially six of them from 2019. Yes, we'll look into it and try to give you a yep. little bit more detail. And while I have the mic, I just want to let you know that we've been working with the chairs for the next two meetings of the committees. And we, we advise or suggested that we keep them relatively light until we figure out our uh, remote options and so forth. And um, just so no one is surprised, the next two meetings of the committees may be a little bit light. Thank you, Victor. And now might be a good time, just because I know we ran into this before. Any, does anyone see any potential holidays, conflicts with this list of um, Meetings. Uh, I think the next big holiday is Memorial Day. 
Member Yankee, uh, Chair Highland here, or rather Chair Yankee, I should say. Uh, I'm actually going to be in surgery on March 28th, which is the next EOT. Okay. Um, it's a morning surgery. It's in and out. I can call in if I can get permission, so I'll have to work out how I can do that. Um, so I'm happy to do it that way if I get permission. But um, I'm glad that, that Member uh, Hill is back. And uh, Member Padmanabhan, do you still have your... I'm you're, still here. You're, you are still here. Okay, in person, in the flesh, and otherwise. Okay, in great. The flesh, yes. <laughs> so I'm I, I'm confident I can do that remotely with with their help. Um, so maybe one of the clerks can let me know who I need to talk to to get permission to do that. Okay, thank you, Member Highland. Uh, the other side of the coin is I think EOT we're pretty much caught up on the backlog. We could also consider postponing this meeting. I don't know, uh, but whatever works for the uh, for the group, I'm happy to call in if 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 necessary, or someone else can step in and chair the meeting. Uh, Member Papanabhan, I think, would be more than capable of doing that. Since she's still here, <laughs> yeah. squeeze every last drop out of her. Last hurrah! Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Well, I'll let you guys work that out. Okay. All right. Any other comments, questions on this? Ready to move on to public comment? Okay. Any public comment on this item? Okay, seeing none, go ahead and close public comment. And I think we are ready to move on to item number five. Um, Chair Yankee? Yes, Member Helen. Are we taking action on this possibly? Is that something else we should move to the back of the line? Member Wong? Action, I don't think there's, is there a proposed action that? Amendments to the complaint process. Oh, I don't remember five. Um, oh, am I looking at the wrong? Oh, you mean, did you, you were you suggesting that we, I mean, item number five? Yeah. I'm trying to think if that's something Jennifer would want to. It's 5 p.m., so we could potentially go with item six. Um, okay. Um, I'm mean, going to make a motion to. Well, I. Uh, it looks like we're going to take action on this, right? Yes, this is an action item. Right. So this would be one we'd want to vote on. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll make a motion to also continue this to the end of the line. Um, Pending member Wong's arrival. Okay, so this would be a motion by member Highland to continue item number five to after item number three, which is after item number 10. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Second that. Okay, so seconded by member Hill. Cheryl, was that clear? I know it was a little confusing. Yeah, so okay. Item three, which is the last item for tonight, right? Or well, no, that would be case for tonight. That'd be after item number 10. So we'll go 10, 3, three five. 5. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, okay. So, yeah, because we do have Bruce. Okay. So, um, Member Wolf, are you with us now? I, I am with you, um, but I only see two panelists just me and Victor. So I don't know if I'm in the right place. Right, no, I think you're in the right place. We're all here in person. Um, so oh, I, okay. 
So my question to you, Member Wolf, is do you have an approved um, exemption to appearing in person from like, like an ADA? Um, uh, it is it is in process. I have submitted um, an application has been submitted um, on my behalf by uh, DHR. I just got a message today from the clerk's office that I'm to uh, go through a, a, an additional process with them. Hi, this is DCA Price Wolf. Um, I've just been in touch with uh, the clerk's office who, and I was just notified that your accommodation has temporarily been approved. And so it's fine for you to appear remotely today at today's meeting. Thank you. Oh, excellent. Okay. So, uh, member Wolf, we will, um, go ahead and count you as a member here today. So okay. Let's, um, since we just said it, we'll say member Wolf is present as a 503 PM. And member Wolf, did you hear the motion that we made that, uh, was made by member Highland and seconded by member Hill? Uh, if you can repeat it, I'd appreciate it. Sure. Okay. So, um, as you may or may not be aware, uh, vice chair Wong is on the way in. In person, um, but she's not here yet. Uh, so, since item number five is an action item, uh, member Highland moved to continue that to later in the meeting. That would be after item number three, which we already had voted to continue after item number 10. So, it would go item number 10, item number three, then item number five. So, the motion right now is to move item number five to item number after item number three, which has already been continued to after item number 10. Okay. That's Thank a you. lot after a full day. <laughs> I got it. Okay, so that's the motion on the floor. Um, any public comment on that motion? Okay, seeing none, we'll go ahead and close public comment. And Cheryl, when you're ready, let's go ahead and take a vote on that. Member Highland? Aye. Member Highland, aye. Member Hill? Aye. Member Hill, aye. Member Schmidt? Aye. Member Schmidt, aye. Member LaHood, absent. Member Pamanabin, aye. Member Pamanabin, aye. Member Wong, absent. Member Stein, aye. Member Stein, aye. Uh, Member Wolf, aye. Member Wolf, aye. Chair Yankee, aye. Chair Yankee, aye. Seven in favor. Okay, so that motion passes with seven in favor. Okay, it is. Now past five o'clock, so we can move on to item number six. Uh, Mr. Chair, just a, a point of information. Yes. Can you can you see me? Uh, we do not have video in front of us now. Oh, okay, all right. So you can hear me, okay? We can hear you just fine. Okay, perfect. Chair Yankee, we ready? Yes. Okay. Item number six: Public comment. Members of the public address the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force on matters that are within the task force jurisdiction, but not on today's agenda. Okay, so this is the portion of the meeting for anyone to provide public comment on any item not on the agenda. So looks like we have a public commenter ready to go. So Cheryl, I will let you know, or you can let our commenter know when he may begin. Sir, you may begin. Thank you. Um, my name is Winship Hillier. 
The task force's bylaws are, and complaint procedure are in irreconcilable conflict with its governing law. The sixth sentence of the task force's governing law, SF Admin Code Section 67.30C, addressing the, ta the lion's share of the task force's business, states as follows, and I quote, the task force shall make referrals to a municipal office with enforcement power under this ordinance or under the California Public Records Act or the Brown Act whenever it conducts uh, I'm sorry, it concludes that any person has violated any provision of this ordinance or of the acts, dot, 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 end quote. This directive is mandatory. If the task force finds a violation, then it cannot fail to make a referral to an enforcement power. Every finding of a violation must follow with a referral for enforcement. The task force's bylaws and complaint procedure, on the other hand, contain provisions antithetical to this sentence. Bylaws section 11, and I quote, the task force shall hold hearings on the merits of the complaint of complaints pursuant to the following procedure, colon, end quote. And then paragraph seven, the final paragraph of this section, i.e. the last step in the processing of a complaint states as follows, and I quote, the task force may vote to take one of the following actions, colon, A, make a motion to find a violation, B, make a motion to find no violation, C, make a motion to take no further action and close the file, end quote. The problem is the final motion that finds a violation does not entail a referral to a municipal office with enforcement power. The complaint procedure then specifies further that there is uh, that there is an additional decisional step before a recommendation for enforcement may occur. Thus, your rules break the co connection of necessity between finding a violation on one hand and referral to an enforcement power on the other. You have to change your rules to conform to the, the governing law. No court would support your rules as they are. And I quote, I have three quotes here. Quote, the statute's words generally provide the most reliable indicator of legislative intent. If they are clear and unambiguous, there is no need for judicial construction and a court may not indulge in it, dot, dot, dot. End quote. Lewis versus City of Sac Sacramento, volume 93 of California Appellate Reporter, fourth series, pages 107 and 119 from 2001 by presiding Justice Scotland. Quote, there is no public policy which can empower the courts to disregard the law or because of an asserted benefit to many persons in itself doubtful to overthrow the settled law. This court has no power to legislate dot, 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 end quote. Lux versus Hagen, volume 69, California Reporter, pages 255 and 299 from 1886, Justice McKinstry. And I quote, in the construction of a statute or instrument, the office of the judge is simply to ascertain and declare what is in terms or in substance contained therein, not to insert what has been omitted or to omit what has been inserted, dot, 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 end quote. California Civil Code of Civil Procedure, Section 1858. Back to you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Mr. Hillier. Uh, do we have another public commenter coming up? <clears throat> Thank you. Um, just a point of information on complaint petition filed 23013, which is not on the agenda today. Um, on that, and I already reached out to the administrator. My name is Chris Ward Klein. Um, on the complaint, they misspelled my last name, which when we're dealing with public records, that is very important because if they're looking for certain records th that are not there. So my last name, just for the record, is spelled K-L-I-N-E, which I already forwarded the email to the administrator. She responded back that she received it. So I think we're all set. I just wanted that to be on public record. Thank you. Thank you. Do we have any other public commenters? Okay, seeing none, we will go ahead and close general public comment.
Okay, and then to note, we're at seven items number seven and eight, and these were continued. So if you happen to be a respondent for either seven or eight, um, you're all set. Um, you can go unless you have some other matter before us. So that will bring us to item number nine. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Item number nine, file number 19140, complaint filed by Stephen Malloy against the Department of Human Resources for violating Administrative Code Section 6721E as an Edward for not sending an authorized representative to the hearing, Section 6725, by failing to respond to a request for public records in a timely and or complete manner. 6724 H. and Harry for deliberative process exemption, 6726 for keeping withholding to a minimum, and 6727 for not providing a footnote and key legal citations. On May 25, 2021. I just wanted to find out if the respondent or uh, complainant is uh, present in, in person or online today. If you're online, you can either you can raise your hand by pressing star three or use the application to raise your hand if you are the complainant or the respondent. Is there a respondent? The respondent appears to be here. I okay. Don't... Thank you. And we do not have Mr. Malloy present. Yes. Okay. So it looks like this was heard numerous times. Um, it went to compliance and amendments twice. And unfortunately, I don't think anyone from compliance and amendments is here. Um, and then it went to the full task force to be continued. Um, so why don't we start? There's no um, complaints about that. We'll go ahead and let the respondent speak. Maybe he can um, provide an update on where we stand with this since it's been several months since we last heard this. Sure, thank you everyone. Um, so my name is Ted Wazinski. I'm here from DHR. Uh, this, as you said, has been going on for some time. This uh, complaint, I believe it originated before I was uh, an employee in DHR. Um, I then took on the role of public records custodian for a time of which I am no longer in that role, but I believe I am still the person with the most working knowledge of this case in the department, um, which is, yeah, which is why I'm here today. Um, so the last I knew with this case, I believe it was turned over maybe to the ethics commission and they maybe made some sort of ruling that sent it back to the sunshine task force. Um, my understanding was that Mr. Malloy requested some documents that were um, maybe inappropriately redacted or withheld um, from my predecessor and then when, um, so there was a follow up request and I responded. Um, as we've deemed appropriate. Um, and then we were, it was determined, I believe, by this task force that um, previously completely redacted documents had to be, um, were to be given, um, at least in terms of metadata and titles and some other specifics. Um, I was instructed that by my legal, uh, our department legal team, that that was not the course that we were going to take with that. Um, so we did not comply with that order and uh, consequently 
it was referred to the ethics commission and then back and forth with the task force. And I think that's where we are today. Thank you. Have you attended any hearings or, or participated in any investigations by the ethics commission? I have not. Okay. So they haven't reached out or, or taken any action on that. Okay. Thank you. Um, some members, it looks like, um, then chair Wolf, um, signed a referral letter to ethics dated February 7th, 2022. Um, I am not seeing anything more recent in the packet unless it's buried somewhere in here. Um, I did not see, unless I missed it, a referral back to us from ethics. Um, chair, yes, March 29th, ethics said that they would um, conduct an investigation. Oh, do you have, let's see. What page is that on? I'm yeah. It's difficult with these lengthy ones to try to. They're not in chronological order. Um, Member Highland here. Victor, do we check to see if Mr. Malloy is online? I just uh, <clears throat> double checking if uh, the complainant is present. If you can raise your hand by pressing star three on your telephone, uh, that would raise your hand so that I would know that you are present. Okay, I'm not getting any indications, but let me unmute one line. Hello, caller. I'm just wondering if you're here for this item or another item on the agenda today. I've just unmuted your line. Hi, um, this is Laura Lynch from the planning department. I'm just listening in. I have an item on consent later. Okay, thank you very much. All other uh, callers are accounted for. Uh, Mr. Malloy is not on the phone line. Thank you. Um, Chair Yankee, perhaps Member Wolf can shed some light. Since... Oh, uh, yeah, Member Wolf, do you have? Do you know if you heard back from Ethics on this? I don't recall. I don't have any. It, it wouldn't necessarily come to me directly. It would have come through the office. Right. That's what I would have assumed. Let's see. And uh, and I and my concern is is that if a referral was sent to Ethics, then it had to. There had to be a motion beyond um, to beyond just continuing the matter. Because I'm reading the minutes from February uh, February second, and the only motion for this item is for the item to be continued. So I'm not sure how a unless unless it was there was we had a requested uh, some investigation uh, that was to come back to us as part of just information or discovery. Um, I I'm not quite sure the disposition of this of this complaint at this time. Okay, There's so not, I was going through my email. 
Chair Yankee, I have the page yep. number. Okay, what, what page, page is it? 881. 881. That's a Jan 23rd, um, 2023 email from Ethics. 881. So I think part three. Part, part three. three, okay. Take a look. Page 81, thanks for picking that up. Oh, okay. So it looks like this was an email. Thank you for, for, uh, for uh, finding this member pop down. I had not seen this. Cheryl, um, for the future, let's make sure that when there's more recent correspondence, that we put it right at the top. So we can find it easily. So it'd be the first page after your cover page. Yeah, I, I, I have no problem doing that. I just get done. Mixed requests. Okay. So, um, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and read this in the record just, just so everyone can hear it. Um, what page is it on Mr. Chair? It is on 881. That would be part 3 of the PDF. Got it. Thank you. So, this is from uh, Patrick Ford with the ethics commission. And it's dated uh, January 23rd, 2023. So this is a fairly recent communication to us. And it says, uh, dear sunshine ordinance task force. I write to inform you that the ethics commission has concluded its preliminary review of the above reference complaint that you filed. As you know, the ethics commission has jurisdiction over complaints, alleging a violation of city law. Related to campaign finance, lobbying, conflicts of interest, government ethics and whistleblower retaliation. The Ethics Commission has dismissed the complaint under Enforcement Regulations 4B1 because the allegations lack evidence to support further investigation of allegations within the Ethics Commission's jurisdiction. Staff's investigative documents remain confidential. Under Charter Section C3.699-13A, and Enforcement Regulations Section 5D, if you have any further questions, please contact Senior, investigative, uh, Senior Investigator Jeffrey Zamal. Um, so that looks like where it was. So, uh, going back over the timeline, it looks like we in 2022 sent it over to ethics to investigate. Um, and now we've received their response that they have concluded that and are closing our, our the file. So, um, at this point, I think we need to decide what other options, if any, exist for us to take. Uh, Mr. Chair, just a Another point of information. I, I, I'm not following the, the kind of the process here, on, on, on the, kind of the, the uh, navigation of of this complaint. Did we conclude that there was a violation, and then? Yes. Okay. So, so member Wolf, this was a matter where we had. I'm going through the email here. And this is what I was going to refer to. Uh, we referred it to ethics on March 3rd, 2021. Um, but that email from you to our administrator to make that referral got stuck according to your email in your junk box or something. Okay. And so it was placed back on our agenda on February in February of 2022, at which time we look back and noticed that it looks like there was some type of referral that was approved the prior year. Which is why we continued it to pending that follow up. Um, you did some investigation. 
into your emails. You found that that email had gotten stuck in your, your sent mail or never made it through. Um, okay. So then subsequent a few days later, Cheryl got that out to the ethics commission. So that's okay. why you're seeing the continued item in, in um, 2022, but the action we actually took to refer it was in 2021. Sure. Okay. Yes. Member Schmidt. Yeah. Uh... It, it looks to me like it's run its course. I mean, the, the task force did what it does. The ethics commission did what it does. I think, I don't know if there's any reason to think that anything needs to happen at this point. Yeah, that's kind of, you know, what, what I was thinking as well. I'm not sure there's much left that we can do, uh, particularly without the complainant here or to have any from having any communication from him. Um, I, I'm thinking perhaps we just take a, Action to go ahead and close the file. Unless anyone else has suggestions. I'll move that. Okay, so moved by uh, member Wolf to close this file. Second seconded by member Schmidt. Members any discussion on that. Um, I'm not sure if this is exactly. Um, the right place to mention it, but just in looking at this file, it was unclear to me why it was sent. Back to us, and I'm wondering if there is no further course of action available after it's gone to ethics, why it would come again to the full task force. It, it gives us the opportunity members Stein, to review the correspondence from, um, from ethics um, and, and, you know, naturally, we would, you know, as been discussed, it seems that closing the file would probably be the next natural step. Okay. I, mean, I suppose we could. You know, entertain other things. I think they did something wrong and resubmit with additional evidence or something along those lines. But then the only other comment I would make is that, you know, on the agenda, it's, it says hearing on the complaint discussion and action, which. So, when I started reading it, I'm like, wait, this is not a new complaint. This is, you know, it's coming back to us for some other reason and I'm not sure what I can even do at this point. So, I don't know for these kinds of cases, if there's some way that we can be. More um, specific about the potential discussion and action that we're having. That indicates it's, you know, not the 1st time round on hearing a complaint. I, I think that's that's good. Good input. And maybe Cheryl, that's something we can incorporate in, in future agendas is, is when that's a, a rehearing or something like that. We can. Indicate it as such, yeah, so it's just a little more clear that where we're picking up on these. I mean, this is still yeah, hearing on the complaint. Close a complaint once there's a no, 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 but to, I think what member Stein is yeah. suggesting is that when we put the, um. Item on our uh, agenda, yeah, that sentence, it's item a. Yes, okay, that we should instead of hearing, we hearing on, and this is a hearing on the complaint. We could be even more descriptive and say hearing on the complaint to consider. Follow up communication from the ethics commission yeah, exactly. or something along those exactly. lines so that we know where we're at in the process without digging through 800s of plus pages. Current disposition. Yeah, um, and, and I think that's part of what Cheryl typically does also in the italicized section. I think the part that's missing there is that we received a, a referral back from the ethics committee, you know, that received a communication back from ethics, because it looks like the last thing that happened is was back in February 2nd of 2022, and really January of 2023 is the last action yeah, item. That's a critical piece. Right, that's process. the critical piece that's missing. So thank you again for member Pavanavan for finding that. That's kind of the missing piece of the puzzle. I think we needed. Okay, um, so that leaves us with the motion to go ahead and close the file. Any other discussion on that? 
Seeing none, let's go ahead and move to public comment. And seeing no public comment, members, are we ready for a vote? See no objection, let's go ahead and, and take a vote on that, Cheryl. Member Wolf? Aye. Member Wolf, aye. Member Schmidt? Aye. Member Schmidt, aye. Member LaHood? Absent. Member Padmanabhan? Aye. Member Padmanabhan, aye. Uh, Vice Chair Wong? Not present. Member Stein? Aye. Member Stein, aye. Member Highland? Aye. Member Highland, aye. Member Hill? Aye. Member Hill, aye. Chair Yankee? Aye. Chair Yankee, aye. Seven in favor. Okay, that motion passed with seven in favor and two absences. Okay. I think we are all set. So thank you to the respondent for attending. Appreciate that. Okay, so we are on to item number 10. So we want to uh, go to item three. No, we'll number, 10, 10. number 10. Okay. Are we ready? We are ready for item number 10. Yes. Item number 10, file number 21146. Complaint filed by Sergei Zverinov against Sarah Maunder and the Department of Police Accountability for allegedly violating Administrative Code Section 6725 by failing to respond to an immediate disclosure request for public records in a timely and or complete manner. Okay, and it looks like this last one to the complaint committee, but before we get that update, let's see if we have Mr. Severinoff present with us. He is online with us. And uh, do we have a respondent present? If you're not in the room, if, you, if you're online with us, if you can uh, raise your hand or press star three if you're on the phone. Anyone from Department of Police Accountability? I'm not seeing indications of uh, a respondent present online. We do have Mr. Severinoff present online. Uh, yes, we do. Um, okay. I have unmuted your uh, phone, Mr. Severinoff. If you want to introduce yourself or announce yourself. Yes, I'm not on the phone. I'm uh, on the WebEx. Um, uh, so I am here. Okay. And uh, ready to proceed. Great, we'll get to you in 1 moment. Um, so it looks like this went to com the complaint committee. So I will turn it over to the chair of the complaint committee uh, member Schmidt to give us an update on this. Yes, uh, this. This was looked at by the complaint committee. We didn't make any kind of recommendation, uh, but we made uh, the basic uh, findings to move it forward. Um. Mr. Severinoff basically made a request to the Department of Police Accountability for records involving him, uh, his own incidents, actions, et cetera, et cetera, or uh, family members. And the response cited exemptions and 
told him that maybe he'd be able to go elsewhere to get certain records. Um, I think one notable thing about this is that certain it, it is a record, a, a public records request, but it also is one of these situations where uh, it's a request for records by an individual, which only that individual would be entitled to receive. And so I, I, I would argue that that's not necessarily something that's a public records request. And uh, so I don't know if that's something that we'd have jurisdiction over, but um, I think that each of the items that were not provided, there was an explanation given uh, as to why not. Uh, but as far as I know, uh, they did a, the the respondent did appear uh, at the committee hearing, but this is a, what uh, looks like 15 months ago that it came in. Uh, so I I don't recall specifically. Okay, I'll ask uh, uh, Member Stein if uh, if she has anything to add from the committee. Um, yeah, I would just add that there were certain records that um, were presumed uh, exempt uh, under the penal code uh, by the Department of um, by the DPA. Uh, but for me, I think there was an issue of whether there was sort of a narrowing of the request in the minds of the of the DPA about what they thought he was asking for, and they did not. He he sort of made a blanket request, and it didn't seem that um, email searches or electronic searches for all records had been searched because they did they narrowed the request to what they thought a typical request like that would be. And I do remember that the respondent was present. Um, and I also want to say the respondent was present earlier today when she announced herself as present, right? Mm -hmm. um, even though she's not responding right now. So, so I just want to mention that. Yeah. So for me, it kind of came down to this, this issue of the email records and the electronic searches and the way in which the search was narrowed. As, as being one reason to bring it to the full task force. Okay, thank you. Hi, caller, I just unmuted you. Uh, just in case I uh, mixed up your call. Are you here for this item, item number 10? I just unmuted you. If there are any callers who, uh, who are here for item number 10 from the Department of Police Accountability, if you can press star three to raise your hand or otherwise uh, somehow let me know that you are waiting to speak. It would be appreciated. Oh, excellent. Okay, so we have both parties present. And I will also note for the record at 533 that we have Vice Chair Wong present. Okay. Could I could I ask Ms. Monder, were you present uh, for Member Stein's um, uh, detailing of uh, her concern about uh, narrowing 
Were you there? Were just you a moment there? ago? Yeah. Just, yes. Okay, thank you. Okay. So I think we've got our summary. So I think we're going to go ahead and move on to the introductions from both parties. So both parties will have five minutes. Um, we'll go ahead and start with Mr. Sverinov first, and then we'll move on to the respondent. So Cheryl, when you are ready, please let Mr. Sverinov know when he can begin. Mr. Sverinov, you ready to begin? Yes, I am. Go ahead, sir. Okay, so uh, my complaint uh, is based on section 6721B and 6721C of uh, Sunshine Ordinance. And um, it has been heard uh, more than 14 months ago on December 21, 2001. And uh, since then, uh, I had to complain to the Ethics Commission to have that forwarded to the this committee. So this is a violation of my rights. And this is um, something that's completely unacceptable on the part of the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force. Now. Uh, DPA has refused to disclose records, and the reason is they're uh, doing this. It's the base and vicious racism and hatred of immigrants, and they are cover up of SPD. We, myself, my wife, and our two kids are an immigrant family in San Francisco and have been all harassed, intimidated by SPD, insulted multiple times, and DPA covers this up. Now, the excuses that they have provided that uh, certain records can be disclosed to, uh, uh, not public records, but can be disclosed to me. Are completely bogus. There is no such um, um, uh, statement. There is no such law. There is no such uh, uh, claim in the law that there are certain documents that can be disclosed to a certain person, not, but not to the other. These are public documents uh, that I'm uh, requesting, and these are the uh, documents that actually the uh, DPA has admitted to be uh, public records. In particular, I have uh, put into the package uh, the number a number of uh, um, uh, correspondences that I have received and in their letter disposition letter uh, from DPA on November 18 2021 they say you may request a case review by promptly notifying the investigator in your case your case review during your case review you will be asked to sign a confidentiality agreement due to the confidential nature of police officer personal records after signing the confidential statement you will be allowed to read a redacted report drafted by the investigator general information regarding the investigation was uh, evidence was obtained may be disclosed so they admit that there's a certain duty that they have there are certain records that they they, they have to release uh, there is no uh, law that allows them to classify that there are certain uh, documents that can be released to be as a complainant or in whatever role but cannot be released to the public these are public records all public all records uh, in uh, uh, in california belong to the public now what i want to uh, also uh, state to you is that they uh, you the dpa uses this um uh, procedure of uh, selectively disclosing records to me basically punish people whom they didn't like I had a hearing on December 2, 2021, and I attached, and that was it was that hearing was interrupted by Mr. German Jones, who is a lawyer with DPA, and uh, I have included an email that I received after after that failed hearing. It's in part three, part three of the attachments, and it's on page 26, and it says, you were given the opportunity for a case review. I continued the review despite your threat to file a state bar complaint against me. I terminated the review when you called me an anti-immigrant bigot. There will be no further discussion over case review. This is completely illegal and shows that what they're doing is that they selectively decide uh, whether they like me or they don't like it, who, the, who they like, and uh, manipulating pub, uh, disclosure of public records in a way that they can use to, to punish me. 
Uh, now, what I also want to say is that uh, the um, other uh, argument why uh, the records that DBA has are public records is that DBA itself publishes easily recognizable summaries of their case investigation reports uh, and of the, and the investigation complaints on their website, which I have uh, uh, written down in my memorandum uh, included with the package, and it's SFGov information reports, policing complaints, and a summary of my uh, complaint and an investigative report is included there. And again, this is something that a clear indication that this is the public records that they have a duty to release, but they didn't release this uh, an investigative report, which they themselves published on their website. And uh, now, um, I also want you to uh, notice uh, as, as a certain email that I have attached in my um, package in my agenda package. Okay, so there is a. Um, uh, uh, there is an email in which they say, uh, or actually a letter which says, uh, in which I applied for uh, assistance according to the section 6721C. They have to provide a full ledger, a full list of documents that they have, but they haven't done so. They only said there could be some documents, but they will only exempt. Well, if they're exempt or not exempt, they still have to provide a full list, a full description of all the documents of all the records they have, and they have failed to do so. Okay. So your time is up. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Sverinov. Okay. Uh, so we have the respondent here. What's your name again? I'm sorry. Sarah Mondor. Sarah Mondor. Okay. Thank you for joining us. Um, so you'll have five minutes to present. Um, so Cheryl, when you're ready. Uh, Mr. Chair, just point of order. Did you yes. ask if there were any oh, yes. members? Yes. Are there any? Thank you, Member Wolf. Uh, are there any members provide facts or evidence on behalf of the complainant? Okay. See none. We can go ahead and move on to the respondent. Okay. Ready. When you're ready, sure. Okay. Are you ready, Mr. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um. So uh, our position remains unchanged. Uh, we provided. Uh, Mr. Severnov with all of the documents that he was entitled to as a complainant and the rest of the documents that are contained within the investigation file are not subject to disclosure and they are protected by the penal code. Um, let me think. I can provide the penal code number that allows us to disclose its penal code 832.7 C allows us to disclose records to the complainant specifically and to no one else. And we also maintain that we responded within the appropriate time frame for all the requests. That's all I have. Okay, thank you. And are there any parties provide facts or evidence on behalf of the respondent? Okay. No. Seeing none, uh, members, we have questions. This is our time. Um. I have a question. This is Member Badmanabhan. And um, um, Ms. Mander, um, so the issue is about where the search was conducted for responsive records. Mm -hmm. um, do you, could you elaborate on um, this particular um, request for all records relevant to or pertaining to or mentioning um, the complainant, um, Sergei Severnov? Yes. Uh, Where was this search conducted? 
we look through the case files for the investigations. And the only place where records would be contained would be within the case files. The, there is some mention of peace officer misconduct investigations. Mm -hmm. Yes. Was it limited to peace officer um, conduct mis, um, uh, um, misconduct investigations? Yes, so that's what our agency does. We do audits, we do peace officer misconduct investigations, and we do policy work, but our connection with the complainant is only through the investigations. So the, the entirety of our communications with him would be contained within the universe of the investigation. Okay. Um, but what about emails and other um, documents? Would that also come under yes. the investigation? Yes. Um, files? Yes, any communication with complainant for uh, a misconduct investigation is considered part of the complaint. Okay, thank you. I have a quick question. Um, Ms. Motter, I saw that um, I think Mr. Severinoff was looking for files related to, I think, personnel documents, and I saw that you provided information to uh, the Department of Human Resources. I didn't see an email address or phone number, so I was just wondering why that wasn't included, because um, I think that that would have helped things along, at least for Mr. Severinoff to find those records or potentially request those records as well. Uh, if you could just clarify what you, what you said, um, an address for something. Yeah, I think there was, there was no email address and, um, no phone number provided for the Department of human resources. I would also like to have it. Uh, so I looked up their contact information on the website and that's all I could find. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Mr. chair. Uh, yes, uh, member Wolf. Yeah. Uh, for the, uh, petitioner, Mr. Sarah Severinoff. Um, two things. One is, um, I see that you made the original, uh, immediate disclosure request on October 20th, but I don't see it in the record. Um, uh, it's actually is there. I, um, just looked at it. It's in part 3 of the agenda. Oh, part three. All the way back there. Okay. All right. Thank you. I'll, well, uh, actually, well, I want to say that the agenda has been prepared in the most unprofessional way because there are uh, certain documents that uh, are included uh, four or five times, and uh, that actually makes it completely impossible to navigate those attachments. Yeah. I, thank you. Uh, my next question is: um, You testified that. Um, uh, the, some or all of these records were disclosed to one person, but not another that you were claiming there was some discrimination uh, that you didn't, they weren't giving you the records, but they were giving it to someone else. Who else besides you um, have these records been disclosed that you know of? I'm sorry. I uh, do not think that uh, was uh, my claim. Uh, my claim was that they have stated that they will have a case review in which they will provide for me a copy of their investigative report. I started that uh, investigative hearing, and then Mr. Jermaine Jones from DPA stopped it because he felt offended. So he decided he will punish me. Well, my claim is that it's either disclosed to everyone or it's not disclosed to anyone. There is no 
law theory or law um, a law position that allows them to uh, to discriminate in this but, way. But if you if you feel that they were discriminating against you by not giving you that information, who who else would then get the information? It sounds like that they if they're not going to give it to you, they they won't give it to anyone else. Well, they were stating that they are ready to provide this information to me, disclose it. But it turns out it was on the condition that Mr. Jermaine Jones would find me sufficiently polite and not call him anti-immigrant bigot and not to complain to the Bar Association. And when I did this, he said, I will not disclose this. This is illegal. This is something that's against the Sunshine Ordinance and California Public Records Act. He has no right to decide whether this record can be uh, disclosed to me based on his tastes for me, based on his racist tastes for, for me and my words. Okay? It's either public or not. If they're prepared to disclose, which they said they were, then it's public. Okay, thank you. I don't have any further questions. Okay, thank you, Member Wolf. Schmidt. Uh, yeah, Ms. Maunder, um in terms of the, the content of the request itself here, uh, is it your understanding that your department uh, responded fully uh, with everything that was um, was proper to produce to the complainant? Yes, we provided everything that we could possibly provide to him, and we uh, thoroughly searched through all the records of his complaints, including recalling files from offsite archives to see if um, there would be any information in the case files that would make them disclosable under the Right to Know Act, um, SB 1421. And we were, uh, none of the cases qualified, so we provided him with everything that we possibly could. Okay, and do, do you have any, uh, you, you may or may not have a response on this, but do you have any response to um, a possible contention that somebody at your department improperly narrowed the scope of the request before the search for the records? Uh, happened. Yeah, I think I could shed some light. I believe he's speaking about uh, the case review process, which happens at the close of an investigation. Uh, when we conclude a police officer misconduct investigation, we have what we come up with what we call preliminary findings, and that is our agency's determination on whether or not an officer committed misconduct in the line of duty. Uh, we send a letter to the complainant saying that what our preliminary findings are, and we offer an opportunity for them to come in and review a summary of the investigation so that they can um, formulate a response and request for evidence to be reviewed or for us to consider something additional that we may have missed. Um, so it's an administrative remedy, and uh, it's, it happens prior to us sending our findings to the office of the chief of police. So it would, it's not a public report that we would ever um, disclose in connection with an officer's record. It's uh, a preliminary 
opportunity for a complainant to contest our findings. Okay, thank you. No more questions. Okay, uh, Member Stein. Yeah, so I just wanted to follow up on something that you might have you alluded to it earlier and mentioned it in the complaints hearing where you talked about um, the case database mm -hmm. being linked to all the email records that might exist. I'm wondering if you can like tell us a little bit more about that because it's very hard for me to picture it. Is it that any email that's sent within the department gets put into a case file if it mentions that person or that case number? Or is there some technology through which you're only sending emails like through the case? Like, or in, in connection mm -hmm. with the case, uh, so his his cases spanned a few years. Um, there, we had an old case management system in the past. Uh, so there's two answers. The answer is for the newer complaints, all of the communications are sent through our cloud-based database, which is a Salesforce-based system. We are able to um, store evidence there. We're able to send emails directly to complainants and to officers and record documents. So all the communications for a case should happen through that case database. For the older cases, um, there could be emails that were in Outlook, uh, but those aren't retained. And if they relate to a case, they're printed and put, they were printed and put in the case files when they were hard copy cases. So you asked employees to submit every email related to an older case to be put into a case file? Uh, no, we looked for the older cases. We looked in the you looked paper case file. Yes. No, but I'm saying, like, how would those emails get into the case files from, from Outlook, when, which was the system they were produced on? Because I'm just wondering, mm -hmm. is it possible that by only looking through the case files, you might miss emails that were sent between different members of the department, maybe not sent directly to the parties involved in the case, but maybe sent internally or to, to other people? Could those emails be missed if you're just looking through the case files? So the emails would be, could have been, uh, could maybe not have made it into the case file, but even if they were sent through Outlook and not reduced to a PDF or printed and put into the paper case file, they're still considered part of the file because our communications with the complainant are only about the officer's investigation. So any, any contact we have with the complainant is related to the peace officer misconduct investigation. So even if it's in a different program like Outlook, it's still considered part of the case file. Okay, and you so, would never have emails between members of the DPA discussing the case that would not end up in a file? It could it could be potentially missed and not end up in the file, but it would if it was discussing a case, it's part of the personnel record. It's part of that case record okay. sub substantively. Thank you. Mm -hmm. okay. Any other Questions? Okay, seeing none. And by the way, Member Wolf, I can't see if you have a hand up, so you're just gonna have to jump in and let me know if you have comments or questions, okay? No problem. Okay. I'm not shy. Sounds good. Okay, great. So seeing none, I think we'll go ahead and move on to rebuttals. Um, so we start with the respondent. So since you're up there, um, you get three minutes to give a, a rebuttal and then we'll move to the complainant to finish things up, okay? I'll be short because it's repetitive. Uh, we we have provided all the information and documents that we could provide to Mr. Severinov and referred him to DHR for the records that we do not have access to. Okay, thank you. Um, and then Sheriff, want to let Mr. Severinov know when he may be in. Mr. Severinov, are you ready to begin speaking? 
Um, this is one second. One second. I'm sorry. One second, okay. Oh. Uh, one second. Okay, uh, yes, I'm ready. Go ahead, sir. Okay. All right, so um, uh, the question about the email is very pertinent about the emails. Uh, the Department of Police Accountability has refused to do a search of emails, and I have provided in the, my package the emails between me and investigator that just um, uh, discuss uh, scheduling issues. Uh, but these are public records that should have been disclosed. They do not uh, mention any uh, police officers. They don't mention a, a, um, anybody or incident uh, in any way. Uh, so uh, they cannot be a part of the uh, uh, officer's file and they have to be disclosed. Now, the email that Mr. Jermaine Jones sent to me saying that I have accused him of being anti-immigrant bigot and uh, uh, that he would not hold a review, uh, he, they would have no discussion of a case review because I threatened to uh, file a bar, bar association complaint against him. That was also not disclosed to me. And then uh, what I also want to do is that, uh, mention to you that I have made two requests to DPA. The immediate disclosure request, and then separately, and that's a part of this file, and that's the one that was heard in the uh, committee, uh, a request for assistance and a written request to provide all their um, records, whether a description of all the records, whether exempt or not exempt. They haven't done it. Instead, instead they sent me a copy, uh, sent me a letter, which is in your file, which says, uh, which says the following, a list of records that could exist in your file, and then there is a list. Well, that's a violation of Article 6721C. They have to provide a detailed description, easily identifiable, an index of all the records they have. And that's something that, again, they uh, have not uh, done, and that's something that uh, uh, there is no, uh, that, 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 that the respondent has not addressed in uh, their today's comments. Okay, and finally, I have made uh, police uh, made complaints to the police commission, and there was a discussion of my um, uh, complaint uh, to the police commission between DPA and police commission. And those documents were released to me by the police department, but they were not disclosed to me by the DPA. Whereas one of the officers in this uh, uh, of these emails, and that's included here, is Mr. Began, who is a senior investigator of DPA. Again, this is a mail that does not pertain to any police file. It pertains to my complaint to the police commission, not about an officer, but about the conduct of DPA. That com was complained about DPA itself, about their procedures and the racial slurs that they have used against me. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Okay, so members, this is our time to deliberate and formulate a motion on this.
I will say it would be hard for me to uh, vote to see any kind of violation here, uh, but I'm open to 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 hearing if if anyone's seeing it. Um, I'm on the same page as you, Member Schmidt. Thank you, Mister Wong. You have to speak up or speak into the microphone. You talk. Okay. Um, just to repeat what I said, this is Vice Chair Wong, and I just wanted to say that I agree with Member Schmidt. I personally am not seeing a violation, and I do see also the assistance provided, which is why um, I called out the reference to the DHR as well for other records that the DPA does not have. Um, the only issue I have is that I'm curious as to why Mr. Germain's um, um, email was not released since that fell under the purview of all emails. Is that a question for me? Um, yeah, you can answer. I, sure. May I, um, could you respond? Um, I am a little confused about uh, the details of the question. I thought I heard it was a, an email to the commission. Is that correct? Um, the packet has that, um, uh, that email that was sent from, um, sent to Mr. Severinov and I, I'm trying to look for it, so, though I do know the complainant mentioned it um, um, a couple of times. A point of just a point of clarification is that um, the DPA and the police commission are two completely separate agencies. Um, the police commission oversees DPA and the police department, uh, but a complaint about DPA to the police commission would be a, sent to the police commission employees, which who are separate from us. Okay. Um. All right, thank you. Yeah, do we have a motion then? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll move to find no violations. Okay, so moved by Member Schmidt to find no violations. Um, this is Vice Chair Wong, I will second. And seconded by Vice Chair Wong. Any other discussion on that, members? Not, we'll move to public comment on that. So any public comment? On that motion, seeing no one, we'll go ahead and close public comment. Any last comments before a vote? Nope. Okay. So, Cheryl, when you're ready, if we could go for a vote, uh, tally. Member Schmidt. Aye. Member Schmidt. Aye. Vice Chair Wong. Aye. Vice Chair Wong. Aye. Member LaHood. Absent. Member Pavanabhan? Aye. Member Pavanabhan, aye. Member Stein? Aye. Member Stein, aye. Member Highland? Aye. Member Highland, aye. Member Hill? Aye. Member Hill, aye. Member Wolf? Aye. Member Wolf, aye. Chair Yankee? Aye. Chair Yankee, aye. Moved by Member Schmidt, seconded by Member Wong to find no violation. And that passed by? Seven in favor. Seven in favor. Sure. Eight. eight. I, I'm counting eight, Cheryl. Number one is here. Who am I missing? Oh. Seven, eight. Yep. Okay. So eight in favor, one absent. Correct. Okay. Thank you to both parties. You're done with this case. Okay. So, um, Victor, let me know that we actually do have. Um, parties for the consent agenda item who 
are either here or online. And so I didn't know if, if, if there's no objection. I'm going to call item number 11 next rather than those continued items, just so those folks who wanted to participate, if they wanted to give comments, could, could do so. So I'm not seeing any objections. So um, I'll go ahead and call item number 11. Shall I read it into the record? Uh, yes, please. Item number 11, consent agenda. The Sunshine Ordinance Task Force shall review file number 20124 to affirm that the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force has jurisdiction that the noted violations of the Sunshine Ordinance Brown Act or California Public Records Act occurred, and if applicable, to issue an order of determination and refer the matters to a committee for monitoring. The complainant and respondent are not required to attend the, it says February 1st, it should be today, March 1st. Sunshine Task Force meeting, but may attend to provide testimony during the public comment period for this item related to the above listed determinations. And if you could read the file, you don't have to read the part in parentheses, Cheryl, but just if you can read 20124. Yeah. File number 20124, complaint filed by Stephen Bajanski against Kevin Guy and the Office of Short Term Rentals for allegedly violating Administrative Code Section 6724, for failing to provide public information, 6725, for failing to respond to an immediate disclosure request in a timely manner, 6726, for failing to keep withholding to a minimum, 6727, for failing to justify withholding, and 6729, failing to provide an index of records. Shall I read the? Account? You know what? Now that I'm seeing it, yeah. Why don't we go ahead and read what um, that motion was in the complaint committee? Because that might be what we are adopting as part of this. On motion. February 15, 2022, the complaint committee, moved by Member Stein, seconded by Chair Schmidt, uh, that the task force has jurisdiction that the requested records are public and define violations of Administrative Code Section 6721 by failing to provide the requested records in a complete and timely manner. 6721E for failing to send a person most knowledgeable to the hearing. The agency has admitted the records were tardy and recommends that this matter be scheduled for the consent calendar. Okay, thank you, Cheryl. Um, so the way the consent calendar works is that we don't have the normal presentations. Um, we will, yeah, I will open up for a motion to approve, um, at which point we will allow public comment, in which case either parties involved in this are certainly welcome to provide Comments as part of that comment period. Um, the chair. Yes, member Wolf. I move the consent agenda. Okay. So, uh, moved uh, to approve the, this would be to, um. Approve the actions suggested by the complaint committee. Um, as part of the consent agenda. And we have a 2nd, um, this is member Padmanabhan. I 2nd. Okay. So moved by member Wolf seconded by member Padmanabhan. Um. Members, any discussion on this before we open up public comment? See none. Let's go ahead and open up to public comment. Yes, if there's anybody in the room for public comment, you can step forward at this time. If there are any of the, if the complainant or the respondent is present online, uh, you can raise your hand and let me know you would like to make comment on this matter. We do have Mr. Bajanski on the phone with us. Yes, I'm here. Uh, would you like to make any public comment on the matter? Well, I can continue the matter from last time. Um, I don't because the major problem was that. Uh, would you like to make a public comment, Mr. Bajanski? I can start your timer. Sure, I can make a public comment. Okay, uh, you can begin. Sure. 
Um, so, as I mentioned, part of this I mentioned last time, but instead of trying to find out whether the Sunshine Task Force has a jurisdiction over this complaint, it will be better to find out what kind of jurisdiction the Sunshine Ordering Task Force possesses. Back in December 2022, the Task Force issued a violation on a similar case based on the California Public Records Act. My understanding is that the purpose of the Sunshine Task Force is to enforce the Sunshine Ordinance and give a more clear view of the government business and the way it carries its duty when it comes to the people of San Francisco. The fact that the Sunshine Task Force extends its reach and issues violation based on California law is nice, but at the same time, it defeats the purpose of having Sunshine Ordinance in the first place. There are local ordinances, state laws, and federal laws. Each law gives guidance on how to handle specific matters, and I think it will be beneficial for Sunshine Tax uh, Ordinance to say what guidance they're looking, um, they're using when looking at specific complaints. And also last month, I think member Wolf mentioned that the local ordinances are enhanced. Uh, I'm not sure whether he used the word enhanced, maybe he used better version um, of the Brown Act. I'm not quite sure how exactly member Wolf interprets the word enhancement. I don't see the word, um, I don't see the word enhancement when the city agencies or body try to use local ordinances and claim that it gives them unlimited time to respond to a public request. So when, when using such descriptive words, I guess it's better to say um, enhancement for whom? For the city agencies, bodies, or for the people of San Francisco? That's all, thank you. Thank you. I was just wondering if the respondent uh, would like to make any uh, comment on this matter? I wasn't planning on making any comment. I, I do apologize if we missed the last hearing. I attended the hearing on in August um, where the uh, petitioner did not um, sh show up. And so I, I'm not seen in my email for this second hearing, but anyway, I apologize for the planning department not attending that hearing. That's all, thank you. I believe uh, there's no other public comment in the room. Okay, thank you. Members, we ready for a vote on this? Okay, looks like we're ready. So Cheryl. Uh, just to clarify, Dean moved this action, right? Uh, I believe it was member Wolf. Member Wolf, pardon. Member Wolf. Aye. Member Wolf, aye. Member Pamanabin, aye. Member Pamanabin, aye. Member Schmidt, aye. Member Schmidt, aye. Member LaHood, absent. Um, Member Stein, aye. Member Stein, aye. Member Highland, aye. Member Highland, aye. Member Hill, aye. Member Hill, aye. Vice Chair Wong, aye. Vice Chair Wong, aye. Chair Yankee, aye. Chair Yankee, aye. Eight in favor. Okay, eight in favor, one absent. Okay, that concludes the consent agenda item. So that now brings us back to item number three. Um, so everyone in the audience, we are done with, um, you're certainly welcome to stay, but we are done with all of our complaint files.
Item number three is the approvals of the orders of determination. Okay. And let's go ahead and read those files into the record. Okay, that would be item three, approval of the order of determination. File numbers 2009-2003-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2004-2
Okay, so my, my suggestion would be that we uh, approve the ODs except for 20079 and have the, that come back before us. Um, well, that one has vote tallies that need to be put in, and so I wouldn't feel comfortable without knowing what the vote tallies are. Because I've been seeing, looks like, it was like moved by Member Padmanabh and seconded by Member Frazier. There's a motion, and then. Yeah, the, the vote tally doesn't include either of them, so it looks like that should probably back. We can approve. Uh, okay, so I'll move to approve um, all the ODs in this item except for 20079. I'll second that, Mrs. Member Hill. Okay, so moved by Chair Yankee, seconded by Member Hill to approve the ODs except for 20079. And uh, Member Hill second? Yes. Okay. Any public comment on this item? Seeing none, we'll go ahead and close public comment. Any last discussion items, members? Okay, seeing none, show when you're ready to call the roll. Chair Yankee. Aye. Chair Yankee, aye. Member Hill? Aye. Aye. Thank you. Member Hill, aye. Member Schmidt? Aye. Member Schmidt, aye. Member LaHood, absent. Member Pamanabin? Aye. Member Pamanabin, aye. Member Stein? Aye. Member Stein, aye. Member Highland? Aye. Member Highland, aye. Member Hill? Already called. Already called, aye. I second the motion. Member Hill was a seconder. You've called him second, sure. Oh, he was. Was it Member Hill second? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Member Wolf. What's that? Oh, Member Wolf. That was Aye. Aye. Member Wolf. Aye. Thank you. Vice Chair Wong. Aye. Vice Chair Wong. Aye. Eight in favor. Okay. Eight ayes, one absent. That motion passes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, now we are on to item number five. So if you call that item, Cheryl. Item number five, amendments to the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force complaint process. Discussion and potential consideration of proposed amendments to the, to the complaint process. Uh, document regarding complaints filed, which name a single member of the task force, a committee of the task force, or the full task force. Okay, thank you, Cheryl. So members, this is an item that I placed on here. Um, if you may recall, I think it was in the November, December, then even last meeting, we had some uh, discussion about complaints which name a single member of the task force, committee of the task force, the full task force. Um, we took a variety of actions on those um, complaints that were put before us, um, and so that those actions are formalized and part of a document that can be easily referenced um, going forward, I basically tried to add the wording that we used from those motions into our complaint procedure document. So um, that is what is before you. If you go to page uh, three of the PDF, it should be in blue underlined. And like I said, this is as best as I could grab the language we passed in our prior motion. So this shouldn't be anything new. This is just 
memorializing the actions that we took so that it's in one central location. So I don't know if there's any questions, comments, edits. Um, open it up. Member Stein. Member Stein. Um, I do have a suggested edit for insertion on the last second to last line as printed where you have, however, no formal OD will be issued by the SOTF in such an instance. I would suggest the edit just to make it like 100% clear. Um, however, the SOTF will neither hold a formal hearing nor issue a formal determination on the complaint. And I wanted to say determination rather than order of determination, because I think we have been trying to move to mm -hmm. this idea that the determination is the moment that it starts and the order is sort of a, just this thing that comes later. So those, that was my suggestion for an edit. I think that's a great suggestion. Great. Um, Cheryl, do you have that edit in case that's what we're gonna, in case we end up moving it? I was trying to type something, so I apologize. No problem. Can you, yeah. can you just kind of repeat what you were yes. saying? <laughs> yeah. So that last sentence that starts after the semicolon, however, I would say, however, comma, the SOTF will neither hold a formal hearing nor issue a formal determination on the complaint. Mr. Chair. Uh, yes, Member Wolf. Yeah, I would also in that last uh, sentence um, or that last provision include uh, the section um, regarding uh, that a person can bring, a complainant can bring uh, it directly to a court. Uh, six seven thirty five D is just one place, uh, but there is. I'm trying to find it. Um, Thirty two. Maybe we just leave it as simple as sixty seven thirty five, which I think it's. Um, 6735A says any person may institute proceedings for injunctive relief, declaratory relief or writ of mandate in any court of competent jurisdiction to enforce his or her right to inspect or receive a copy. Yes. Yeah, 6735 in total. So maybe, so maybe we just, uh, Cheryl, delete the, the D and just have it say 6735. Delete item D, Department of Compliance. No, 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 no. So um, the last bullet point, the one we were just working on, third line down, says, for these complaints, the SOTF administrator shall refer the complaints to, complainants to Administrative Code 6735D. Just delete the D, so it just says 6735, since it's all-encompassing, not just D. Oh, in the blue. Again, here. In the blue, yeah. Since it actually A, B, and C also speak to it to a certain extent. So, and Mr. Chair, one other thing, and this is just uh, typographical. Mm -hmm. Instead of using bullets, uh, it 
in constitutional format, it's better to use lower, uh, like continue with the outline uh, design so there can be an actual citation reference. So here it would be uh, the, the first bullet would be lowercase Roman numeral one, which would be like a letter I. And for the second bullet, it'd be two I, lowercase I's. So that way a citation, uh, you know, uh, uh, thread in, uh, 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 is, is um, structured. So this would be like uh, uh, Section B, or five, five, five A and five B, five, or it could be it's Section B five, and then you know two or yeah. five Roman numeral two or five Roman numeral one. We should probably do some additional cleanup of these at some point because there's a variety of other bullet points used throughout that section, yeah. which is why I continued with the bullet points. Yeah, yeah, it's just that if you had to write down what the reference is. It's um, and you wanted to be specific to a certain line. There's there's no there's no way to describe a bullet unless you yeah. so say we, bullet number one, bullet number two. Right. So why don't we have since it looks like um, why don't we make the first bullet point lowercase a, second bullet point lowercase b. Sure, that works too. So it'd be capital B, number five, lowercase a, lowercase b. So you got that, Cheryl? Uh. So there's two bullet points. See the two bullet points, Cheryl? Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So make the first one lowercase a and the second one lowercase b. Okay. Okay. Members, any other suggestions? Uh, Vice Chair Wong. Oh, Vice Chair Wong, go ahead. Yep. Um, one tiny, tiny one, and I wasn't sure if it was worth editing or not, but I think um, we say uh, to further inform the complainants that they may submit their complaints. Um, and I wasn't sure if it was worth saying to the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force or to the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force Administrator. Or I mean, I feel like it should be clear, but also maybe we want to be like extra super clear. That, that's probably a good point. So, um... Extra clarity, I don't think it ever hurts, right? <laughs> so why don't we share out, do, do you see where we're speaking of? Yeah. Okay, so um, where it says that they may submit their complaints, want to put what? For informal discussion. To the administrator? Sure. For, okay, so to the SOTF administrator. So it's a, that they may submit their complaints to the SOTF administrator for an informal discussion, so on and so forth. Okay, right after the word complaints, right? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. that, that, okay, great. Anyway. Anything else? Not we want to have a motion to approve this with the um, suggested edits. Uh, this is Vice Chair Wong. I will move to approve these edits uh, or approve these changes with the edits that we suggested. Um, and I also just wanted to say Thank you, Chair Yankee. I think these edits are great. Thank you, Vice Chair Wong. Do we have a second on that? 
This is Member Hill. I'll second that. Okay, seconded by Member Hill. Uh, Member Schmidt. Yeah, let me uh, just uh, say that it's my understanding that um, we've already voted on substance here, and that this is this is the vote to uh, approve the the way this is implemented language wise. I, I was one of the votes against, but it seems to me that this does accurately reflect uh, what the what the vote was for at the time. So I will vote for it because I I think it's a valid motion. Thank you, Member Schmidt. That's correct. This is just formalizing or, or memorializing what it is we took the actions we took in the past. Member Hill. Um, yeah, uh, thank you, Chair. Yeah, yeah. I just have a, a just question, a question about uh, a process when when we um, when we make uh, suggested changes to what's been printed, uh, you know, in the agenda. Do we can 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 we make those uh, changes and vote and approve them in the same meeting? Is that okay? Yes. That's okay. Okay. Any other comments? Okay. Let's go ahead and open this up to public comment then. May I begin? Sure. Okay, thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, the third, the second bullet point under number five, I'd like to refer you to the fourth from the last line and about the middle of the page, a little further. It says, and to further inform the complainants that they may submit their complaints for an informal discussion and potential corrective action, dot, dot, dot. Um, that sets you up to violate Section 67.7A, second sentence, which is, and I'm going from memory, I might not have it exactly, but each item on the agenda must have uh, a proposed, either a proposed action or a statement that the item is for discussion only. So when you say informal discussion and potential corrective action, that suggests that you're trying to leave the door open. Uh, as maybe taking, uh, maybe proposing an action or maybe not proposing an action. That's exactly what is prohibited by the second sentence of 67.7a. That sentence requires that the, the agenda ha have, make a dichotomy between a proposal for action on one hand or a discussion only item on the other. You have to make that decision when the agenda is posted. So it cannot say um, and potential correct corrective action. You've got to strike that out. You won't be able to take action. It's for discussion only. And I would say instead of for an informal discussion, I would say for discussion only, period, or, or semicolon. However, no formal order of determination, etc. Back to you, Mr. Chair. Thank you. Do you have any other public commenters? Okay, seeing none. Uh, we'll go ahead and close public comment. Members, any last comments before we move to a vote? Okay, seeing none, sure when you're ready, if you could call the roll. Actually, um, this is Vice Chair Wong. Could I make a quick sure, comment? Sure, go ahead. I feel a little bit moved by the commenter. Um, I think he is correct in pointing out that we aren't taking action, so I don't know if we wanna just change that word, maybe corrective changes, corrective, I needed the source right now. Um, May I help? Sure. Um, maybe something like submit their complaints for an informal discussion that may lead to uh, 
for an, a potential correction. It doesn't. It doesn't describe that there will be any specific action taken in a public meeting. It could be administrative correction. You know, whatever it is. Uh, if there comes to a point that uh, an act, an act, a decision or or an action needs to be made, I'd better just say it. if a decision needs to be made by the task force on a, such a correction, then it'll be agendized. But for this purpose, um, if it, a simple correction is needed to be made, uh, then it, it could be done administratively. Okay, so I think, Vice Chair Wong, you had made this motion. So did you want to restate your motion inclusive of that edit? Yes, so um, I, will, I will move to approve these changes uh, inclusive of the edits we discussed earlier. Um, as well as this one, um, which is to change the wording to say um, an informal discussion, which may lead to potential correction to a potential correction. Exactly was this. So you're asking to strike and potential corrective action and replace with which may lead to a correct correction. Yes, so Cheryl, do you have that? Is this uh, the uh, bulleted lowercase item B? Yes. Complaints, let's say that they may submit their complaints to the task force administrator for an informal discussion Yep, right there. And so strike out and potential corrective action and replace it with member Wolf. Could you say that again? And let me get it back up here. Um, uh, which may lead to a correction. Okay, got that. You're great. And member Hill, I think you're the second. Are you okay with that? I'll accept that. Thank you. Okay, great. Okay, so that's where we're at. Um, anything else before I vote? Okay. Go ahead, Cheryl. Uh, Vice Chair Wong? Aye. Vice Chair Wong, aye. Member Hill? Aye. Member Hill, aye. Member Schmidt? Aye. Member Schmidt, aye. Member Lewis? Absent. Member Pominabin? Aye. Member Pominabin, aye. Member Stein? Aye. Member Stein, aye. Member Highland, aye. Member Highland, aye. Um, Member Wolf, aye. Member Wolf, aye. Vice Chair Yankee, aye. Chair Yankee, aye. One, two, three. Eight in favor. Okay, great. Thank you, Cheryl. And I think that brings us to item number twelve. Right. And I will turn this over to Member Stein. Okay, thank you. Actually, we'll have, you know, let's just have Cheryl read the, the item in the record. Item number 12, annual report, updates and discussion regarding the annual report of the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force. Okay. Great. So. This is member Stein. Um, uh, first, I wanted to start with a question. I I'll give you all updates, but I wanted to start with a question for Cheryl and Victor, which is, is there any news about putting a potential call for um, Sunshine success stories online? 
I had submitted a like a PDF of what should be there, and I was told it needed to go to the clerk's office for approval, and I just haven't heard anything since. I think what I did was send it to um, our legislative deputy director, Alyssa Samara. It's up to her and Andrew. And there's just not. We haven't that. received any uh, updates on that, but we will note to double check on that. And we will email you if we get any additional information. Yeah, please do. I know this, I raised this last meeting too, and it's just, I think it's been at least two months. Um, and at this point, I'm wondering whether we can even, if we have any submissions, like we don't really have much time now to publicize them or to take them if, um, you know, if we want to put out the report in a timely fashion, but I would still like it to be there in case some stories do come in and maybe for the future. Um, so that was one thing. Um, I also, you know, if anybody here or anyone listening on the public or anyone on the task force knows of any Sunshine Success stories that they want to submit or any practical and policy problems they want to write up, I'm looking for about a one paragraph write up. And the, again, the procedure would be that you'd submit it to me, I want to put it on the agenda for the next full task force meeting and we can vote as a full task force, which of these descriptions we want to endorse as a task force. And then if you don't want to endorse a particular um, description of a policy problem, uh, the individual member can still put it at the end of the report. And I'll just say there's a few up online. Um, or my notes and, and some writing that I've done on a few for myself, and I'm working on tweaking those now. And I do plan to include not just a description of the policy problem, but a little bit of attention to what I think, you know, what my recommendation would be to try to fix the problem if I can see a potential fix. So that's something I would also want you to include in any um, write-ups that you have. So please submit those if you can in the next week or two, because I need, the time to be able to get them on the full task force agenda. And I'll just say that um, based on the data that we've been able to collect and process, um, there are several sections of the report that are nearly finished. Um, we did, you know, finish the survey of city administrative bodies, is what I'm calling them for the report. And we basically had, I think it was 47 respondents that covered 57 agencies because some people were the custodian of records for both a department and a commission, or they had a department that was under another department, and so it was therefore included. So that's actually a response rate of about 78%, which is um, frankly higher than I thought we would get. <laughs> and I feel like it does start to give us a bigger picture of what's happening with these requests um, to different city departments, even though it's not um, a generalizable picture or a complete picture, right? Um, but so we have that survey. Um, I've reviewed our own handling of complaints, and so we've got that data is mainly written up, and then we've looked at some, what I'm calling um, some aspects of kind of the visibility of Sunshine online, and member Manabin basically looked at next request and what we could, the data that we could get on that about what complaints were being submitted and how they were being handed and how visible those complaints were as well. Um, and then we also looked at of the agencies that we believe fall under the purview of the Sunshine Ordinance, things like um, how many of them have information on their websites about the procedures for Sunshine or who to contact if you want to submit a Sunshine request. And we also looked at how many of them 
um, were on the index of records. So that's, those are the components and the pieces that we've done. Um, and again, you know, this is obviously not everything that we could do, but it is a kind of a, ba I think gives us some baseline data um, and allows us to see what can kind of be accomplished and learned with the kind of limited time and resources that we have to really collect this information and kind of collate it and, and sift through it and analyze it. So my plan is to bring, um, well, I hope to bring or have some strong draft of the report online by, um, you know, probably in a couple of weeks so that there's time for you to read the rough draft of it as well and give comments and feedback as well as deciding, you know, which descriptions of problems you want to endorse and which recommendations you want to endorse. So I hope to have that all posted online, like within the next two weeks. Um, and that's kind of where we are. Thank you so much, Member Stein. Um, and I would just mention um, for anyone who wants to review some of this, it, it, uh, Cheryl, when we have attachments, we should put attachments on it. So there is there are attachments to this item, which is why I think um, yeah, I we think had problems seeing them. So just, uh, didn't put the uh, I just printed out what the link had. So yeah, no, I just yeah. didn't see I didn't see it when I looked at the agenda, and I know that there were complaints on the part of the public from the time before that there were no attachments, and then when I looked at them, I didn't see the attachments. I didn't know they were there, so I panicked a little bit. Yeah. that's yeah. why. I did. Right, so we ordinarily have that word attachments in blue, so that people know, yeah. and it's not there. So um, anyone who is taking a look at this online, if you click. And a report, there actually are attachments to that item, which includes the links that. Yeah, and I'll just say for anyone from, I know people from the city, including myself, have um, undertaken this training about don't click on links. <laughs> but those are links, like specifically my Google links for my SOTF account. And um, I'm not sending you to third parties that's still internal to um, the information that I'm providing that helps. That makes sense? Yeah. <laughs> you're not, you're stupid. <laughs> You're on Google and I put those links there and hope you're not going to be fished there. Hey, uh, members, any other comments, questions on this item? Okay, not seeing anything. We'll go ahead and open this up to public comment then. Actually, sorry, I just oh, have one tiny comment. Like I tried to click on the links that were provided or like copy paste them and I think something about the scanning made it a little funky. So I just wanted to give you all that heads up. I think it added a bunch of extra spaces. Um, and so I don't, I assume it's something to do with the scanning software, but just a small heads up on that. I'm wondering too, now that you've mentioned that, is that, you know, I created these documents and I made them readable for anybody in the public, but I made them commentable for everybody on the task force. And I had, when I put those documents up, there would have been an email sent to everyone who had the ability to, I'm sorry, it, you can, they're editable for the members of the task force. They're commentable for the public as well and viewable for the public. But um, I just wanna make sure like really it should be probably the links that came to you directly through Google, because I think the ones that have been posted onto the agenda are really the ones meant for the public. Right, where they can, I believe they can comment and they can, or no, actually they, they can't comment, sorry. They can read it, it's visible. And I, what I said in the um, description or earlier in the agenda was if you have comments or feedback, send it directly to me. So for the, for the members of the public. 
Um, I just remember. Um, um, I'll note that I, uh, I, I experienced the same, the same thing that uh, the vice chair experienced, and when I removed all the spaces, it actually let me do it. Um, uh, but uh, but uh, I, I'm noticing that you're you're um, uh, you're wanting to allow for suggestions. It it, it worked for me. Okay. Um, okay. And uh, the, the 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 links online just needed the, the links that were included in the file just need to just needed to be updated because the public won't actually be able to open those links. Um, they do work, but there were just a bunch of spaces in it, and, and it just prevented the, the general public from being able to open those links. But they, they worked for the folks that, um, when we got the email from um, Google Workspace. I'll go back and look at that. I don't know why those spaces would be there, but I will go and check. I just wanted, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Member Schmidt. Um, just wanted to uh, commend uh, you in that that percentage is very impressive and it indicates to me that you did a pretty good job of of devising the survey itself and that's i i think that's the way that you get those kind of numbers is by by writing something up that's well done and you communicated well with people and you caused them to respond. So, uh, good work. I will say it took, I think, on average about 13 minutes for each agency to complete. It was only 10 questions. I did take the time with each email to write the name of the um, agency on it so that it was like really like you're not getting some spam, piece of spam here. You know, even so, there were people worried about phishing legitimately, but they luckily got back to me or Cheryl, and we were able to tell them this is for real. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Um, public comment? Did I call for that? Just in person. Okay. And is anyone that works? I don't see anyone there. Okay. So we'll go ahead and, and close public comment. Um, I don't think there's any action we need to take. Um, I'll just note for the record that I'll agendize this again um, for next time. Okay, so that brings us on to the next item. Next on the agenda is item 13, announcements, comments, questions, and future agenda items by members of the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force. Hey, members, anything I, for this item? I have one. Okay, Member Wolf. So it's come to pass that my tenure here with the Sunshine Task Force is coming to a close this year. And with that, I'll not be seeking reappointment for another term. I've served on this August body since 2005 through 2012, and then reappointed in 2016 to the present. I've appreciated and appreciate all the colleagues that have come and gone and all of you here today, staff, Sunshine advocates, and members of the public. It's bittersweet indeed, but I will not be straying too far, and I'm here to be at your service for any help and advice. As we know, the Sunshine Ordinance needs to be updated, and due to new findings and case law amending, there needs to be amendments, uh, obviously, and I'll be continuing this work and looking forward uh, to attending future meetings on this topic. I thoroughly have enjoyed my stay here, and I thank all of you for your camaraderie your confidence and support. As you know, the Sunshine Ordinance requires that a member, at least one member 
at all times um, who is physically handicapped, and that needs to be amended. Um, uh, be um, uh, appointed uh, or it fill fill that seat that the seat be filled. Um, and there is um, active precedent and practice when the seat is vacant. Uh, and there is no appointed person there that the task force is prohibited from meeting. Uh, that said, uh, there is no time limit for holdovers and I'll be more than happy to continue until such time a new appointment is made. Lastly, I close uh, in memory of Lori Jones neighbors, Bob Planthold, Alan Grossman, Steve Currier, and many others who have left an indelible legacy for which we stand on their shoulders. So thank you for your indulgence. Thank you. Thank you, Member Wolf. And thank you for all your years of service and for agreeing to stick with us while an appointment, a re uh, another appointment is found. Sure. If you'll have me. Thank you. Mr. Of course. <laughs> Members, anything else on this item? Okay, not seeing anything. So we'll go ahead and open up to public comment. May I begin? Start when you're ready. Yeah. Are you ready, sir? Yes. Okay, thank you. Um, well, uh, without getting to the substance of Mr. Wolf's comment, uh, I would just say that uh, I think that it was a violation of the Sunshine Ordinance uh, 67A first sentence because there needed to be um, notice on the agenda of the specifics of, of the content of this item. There was nothing in this item that said that Mr. Wolf would be announcing uh, the end of his tenure. Um, and had there been such, um, I or another member of the public might be here, or, or another member of the public who isn't here might be here, and we might have had something to say about it prepared in advance, but shooting from the hip, is not something I'm good at, and it's supposed to be something that the Sunshine Ordinance is intended to prevent. Um, all of the spontaneous um, uh, exemptions from the notice requirement in the Brown Act were taken out for the Sunshine Ordinance, and it was clear that the intent was to have no surprises at, at a meeting, a public meeting, much like a court case where you have no surprises as to the evidence or the witnesses that are gonna be called. That way, everybody can be prepared for what happens. Um, and I think the intent is the same here. There's no exemption for a brief report on his or her act, own activities or a brief announcement um, in the Sunshine Ordinance, unlike the Brown Act. And so those need to be on the agenda. There, there's no reason why Mr. Wolf couldn't have submitted this uh, in advance of the posting of the agenda. Certainly, he's known about it for a while. He could have submitted it, and it could have been it could have appeared on the agenda. Uh, if that's if it's too much of a burden to put all such items on the agenda, then some need to be left off. And I think the legislature was aware that if they burden too much um, uh, speech at public meetings, that people are going to start taking things off the agenda. And they struck that balance, though. They said no. If it's if it's not if it's not worth putting on the agenda with a specific notice and an opportunity for public comment dedicated to that announcement, then then it should be struck off if it's not worth that. Back to you, Mr. Chair. Thank you. Do we have any other public comment on this item? 
Okay, seeing none, I'll go ahead and close public comment. I think we're ready to move to the next item. Item number 14, adjournment. Okay, do I have a motion to adjourn? Got to be Member Wong is going to make that motion, I think. Uh, so moved. <laughs> okay, so moved by Member uh, Vice Chair Wong. Uh, do I have a second? Second. Okay, seconded by Member Wolf. All in favor, please say aye. 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 Okay, so we are adjourned at 6.50 p.m. Have a good night, folks.